Hello, ghosties. I'm Chance Lee. And I'm Amanda McAvoy. And this is That's So Gothic, a movie podcast about girls, guys, and haunted houses. Today, we're discussing a film starring Kristen Stewart as a small medium at large. It's Personal Shopper. What are you doing in Paris? I'll take it. This too. It's 500 for the belt and 2,000 for each bag. Great. I'm a personal shopper. Kira's very high profile. Hey, Kira. She can't do normal things. So I assist her. You have nothing better to do besides dress Kira? I'm waiting. What are you waiting for? My twin brother Louis died here. 95 days. We made this oath. Whoever died first would send the other a sign. From the afterlife. Has that always been there? Louis, are you here? I had a sign. Are you sure? There was a presence. Do you think Lewis is here? I don't know. Kira? I'm just gonna drop these bags for you, okay? Hey. Kira was murdered. What were you doing at her place? Why are you asking? I'm lost. I can't tell whether or not I'm going crazy. Is it you? Or is it just me? Released in the U.S. in 2017, Personal Shopper was written and directed by Olivier Assayas. It stars Kristen Stewart as Maureen, the titular personal shopper for a famous model. Lars Eidinger as Ingo, the famous model's ex, and a bunch of European actors who are rarely, if ever, seen on U.S. movie screens. <laughs> this is the story of an American medium trying to make contact with her dead twin brother while lonely on the streets of Paris. Mm -hmm. This film made about $4 million worldwide against a $2.7 million budget. Okay. The critic for RogerEbert.com, Peter Subzinski, gave it four stars. Perfect score. Really? Wow. He says that this movie is as mysterious, moving, and haunting as anything that has materialized in a movie theater in a while. Wow. And he also says that because Asias's storytelling can sometimes be described as oblique, and because there are elements of the narrative, especially towards the ending, that have been deliberately left unresolved there is the possibility that some viewers may come away from personal shopper feeling a little frustrated mm, i can see that i was gonna say one of my favorite aspects of the movie is that it does not explain anything to you it just kind of throws you in there's like almost no mm -hmm. exposition mm -hmm. i love that as well mm -hmm. and i generally do not like when a movie is so open-ended that it 
mm. becomes a little obtuse. And but this one, I don't know, doesn't bug me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> whatever's happening, it yeah, it fits. It hits mm-hmm. the emotional notes that it should mm-hmm. hit. So it works for me. Yeah. Um, we've talked about Kristen Stewart before. We featured Spencer, mm-hmm. terrifying film oh. that is Spencer. <laughs> um, <laughs> But this this movie was one of her first like big post Twilight roles. Like Twilight yeah. had finally finished with Breaking Dawn Part Two in like 2013, mm-hmm. and so she was in Asias's movie before this called The Clouds of Sils Maria, mm-hmm. and I was just obsessed with that movie. Really? Oh, I haven't seen yes. it, but I was interested in it after watching this one. It's so good and not remotely gothic. So this is just my way of like <laughs> sideloading a conversation about that into the podcast. Yeah. But um, yeah, that movie's great. And um, when I heard that he was doing a movie with Kristen Stewart as the lead to follow that, I was like, mm. I'm I'm there. Get me in. Committed. And committed. And I didn't, unfortunately, didn't get to see it in theaters because it didn't. Oh. If it came to any theater within like 50 miles of me, I didn't, I wasn't aware. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I saw it when it came out on, on streaming and just instantly became one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I don't think I had heard of it until um, I saw it on streaming. Mm-hmm. And Asias also recently did Irma Vep on HBO Max. Oh, you've talked about that. Yeah. It's good, right? fucking love Irma Vep. Yeah. I really really want to start watching that cuz it's it's a TV show, right? But it's based off of the movie. It's like a very meta thing, right? Yeah. Yes, it's super meta because he did a movie called Irma Vep in the 90s and mm-hmm. then he does this show Irma Vep that takes place very in like 2018 and like both somehow manages to acknowledge that the movie exists while existing in a world in which it doesn't and it's so layered and weird and kind of like this movie near the end stuff just starts to happen in Irma Vep like by the time Mm. Alicia Vikander is literally walking through walls you're like what is happening (laughs) but I don't care because it's amazing Yeah. yeah oh I'll definitely have to check that out it's so good. It's only it's only like six episodes, maybe. And the oh, guy, okay. the guy who plays Ingo in Personal Shopper, has a major role in the Irma Vep oh. series. He's very intentionally like gross and terrible and <laughs> fantastic at it. Fantastic <laughs> at it. I can see His that. Yeah. So good. And Kristen Stewart <laughs> pops up in a cameo oh. in near the end, either as herself or like a very Kristen Stewart like actress yeah oh that's fun i'll definitely have to watch that it's a treat Mm -hmm. but let's get into the plot summary here because again most of his films are very french and obscure and i don't really have much else to say about them (laughs) um but we begin personal shopper uh looking at a car on this leaf strewn road Mm -hmm. it looks like it's the fall it's cold and we get the film title card personal shopper over this locked gate Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. very um spooky atmospheric the crunchy leaves i was instantly hooked 
Mm-hmm. She's got this like brown leather jacket on mm-hmm. and yeah, she enters this house with creaky floorboards and ornate wallpaper and filtered light coming in through the windows. Yeah. And she goes to light her cigarette and with the flick of a lighter, the film transitions into night. It's a really good mm-hmm. transition. And we will eventually learn that she is looking for her brother, Lewis, who died. And mm-hmm. she's hoping that his spirit still haunts this house. But there may be something else in the house. Because when this blonde woman comes to pick her up in the morning, who turns out to be Lewis's um, ex-girlfriend, but, you know, only ex-girlfriend yeah. because he died. Um, there's something has scratched like a cross into the wall. Yeah. And the girlfriend tells her about this woman named Hilma off Clint. Um, or no, it's the um the people who are buying the house tell her mm. uh, Maureen, who's right. Kristen Stewart about this, who's someone who claimed that the spirit world communicated through her. Yeah. I meant to look it up, but I forgot to. Do you know if that was a real person? She's a real person. Cool. I don't know how accurately she's depicted, yeah. but she did do these like abstract works of art mm. as well. So she was known as a visual artist. Cool. Yeah, I definitely meant to look her up because I really liked that like sort of aspect of the movie. Mm-hmm. And we get a lot of this old school. It's very old school medium. Like the, I mm. years ago, I read the Mary Roach book, Spook. Oh, okay. Yeah, she talks about different ways in which humanity has or has claimed to communicate with the dead. Mm -hmm. And this is very rooted in the like European medium culture of Mm. like the Victorian age. Yeah. Um, Like we'll literally have ectoplasm later on in this movie, which is wild. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's stuff that doesn't really, you know, that this isn't the way we today when people communicate or say they communicate with ghosts it doesn't happen this way no no it really doesn't i mean i think of like today's you know you get like the ghost hunter shows where they're like screaming at the ghosts and you know saying tap twice for this and there's some like spooky tapping and things like that but yeah i like that you brought up the like whole callbacks to like the victorian era because it was like just a huge part of life then and it was you know whenever I hear about it it seemed so like normal back then like you know oh just Mm -hmm. hopping on the phone with a dead relative and that is kind of like what this movie feels like yeah it has that it's not an anachronism but it just feels like it because it the the spiritualism of it is so old but it's also Mm. so rooted in our modern forms of communication right right because we'll see later like there's a lot of technology involved and um yeah it's like one of the it's the movie never made me doubt like what year it took place in but you would kind of forget sometimes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and also with the you think about it with the because so much of the movie we're going to get into I like to call this movie and I adore this movie Mm -hmm. but I call it like 40 minutes of Kristen Stewart texting because (laughs) we'll get that about halfway through the movie it really is yeah but it's riveting and 
but it's almost like this is our modern form of like channeling, you know, even though we're right. talking to each other, you know, it's this indirect form of communication where you're not seeing someone's face, you're not mm -hmm. hearing their voice, you're getting it filtered through this medium yeah. of technology. And I think that's yeah. a brilliant coupling in this film. Mm -hmm. I didn't even think of it that way. I'm excited to talk about those aspects because I didn't even really put that together. I thought about this movie a lot. <laughs> I think about this movie like every day. Um, another great thing about this movie are the outfits. Um, mm. Kristen Stewart, her character is dressed very either androgynous or masculine throughout mm -hmm. a lot of the movie. And mm -hmm. when we next meet her, she's in a jewelry, like a fashion studio, picking mm -hmm. out clothes for Kira, the model who she shops for. Yeah. And she is wearing this like shapeless sweater and has this just like slicked back hair. And the way she like grabs the necklaces and the jewelry yeah. I just love in this scene. Right. I know she seems so like blasé about the clothing and the jewelry and things like that like it's such an interesting way that she interacts with that aspect of her life and her job like she clearly has like this reverence for the clothing like we'll see later like she wants it she craves it she thinks it is like beautiful and it makes her look good but yeah like you said like she just kind of like seems when she's like actually doing her job of like the personal shopping she seems very like separate from it when she talks about it with people later like she doesn't really seem like she likes doing it um it's it's like a really interesting dichotomy and yeah like you said too you know the way she personally dresses is very much made for traveling around paris you know she drives this cute little scooter mm -hmm um it's very mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. what's the word I'm looking for like you know work attire like yeah utilitarian yeah exactly I hadn't thought about that that's a really good point mm -hmm. she's practical she is she's a practical lady so this is where she gets the this sheer top that has the big chunky sequins on it um <laughs> What are these giant things called? Payettes. Okay. I think I'm saying it right. I could be wrong, but I have so many opinions on this dress. So I'll try not to go into <laughs> it too much because this is a gothic podcast, not a fashion one. But I think the fashions are very important. I think gothic, it's very important. So yeah. Go off. But go off. I hate this dress so much. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I hate it so incredibly much because you know what it is is okay so I'm pretty sure this dress is a Chanel dress um which Kristen Stewart became a Chanel ambassador in like 2013 or something I think right after Twilight and That's I was right yeah and I was reading into it and apparently Chanel actually um funded a lot of like the movies she did after Twilight like not completely funded but they were like backers on movies that she did after Twilight and I'm assuming a stipulation okay. was that she would wear a lot of Chanel clothing. And I mm -hmm. fucking hate Chanel. I hate it oh so much. I hate <laughs> Chanel. I hate Poor the brand. Coco. <laughs> I know. 
Coco was a Nazi. I don't feel bad about it. Um, was she really? I actually didn't know that. She was a Nazi sympathizer. Um, uh, if they went yeah. into that in the Audrey Totu movie, I was asleep <laughs> during that part. <laughs> I don't think they did. Um, <laughs> I do not like Chanel. I don't like their aesthetic. And the thing I hate so much about Chanel is I just don't think that they're like a fun brand. Like, and I feel like this is their attempt of trying to be fun. And mm. this dress reminds me so much of, I don't know if you'll know what I'm talking about. They were a huge deal when I was like in middle school and high school. And it was those like slouchy bags that were covered in these huge silver paillettes. Okay. Um, again, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but I'm sure mm -hmm. someone out there does. They were a huge deal, but they were a huge deal in like 2008 and like 2009. And so the fact, that they have the audacity to make this dress look like at least those bags were fun this dress isn't fun and they're doing it like at a time when it doesn't even make sense this dress pisses me off so much I hate that the paillettes are square I hate that they don't cover the whole dress <laughs> I hate that there's little beads in the middle I hate that it doesn't fit her right <sighs> it is an awkward so fit I hate yeah. this dress. And then comparatively, I'm kind of jumping ahead, but there's a dress later where it's like this, it's actually more the fact that underneath she's wearing like this harness with um, mm. like high-waisted black underpants. And then the dress is like a sheer black dress. That mm -hmm. dress feels very like 2016 to me. Like that feels of the time. Like mm -hmm. I would have reblogged that on Tumblr in 2016. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the silver dress and I don't know I don't have like I guess enough of an opinion of like how movies you know use fashion yet like I'm trying to learn more into it I don't know if it was intentional that I'm supposed to hate this dress like mm. I don't know I genuinely don't um but oh I just hate it so much and actually I will just say in a quick side note you know it might kind of um it kind of made me not rethink the movie because I almost don't agree with this but when I was researching the dress I read an interview with the costume designer and this is a little off topic but kind of in the same realm the fashion designer of the movie said something about how um the model that uh, Maureen works for she called her a Kim Kardashian type which I thought was oh. really like I don't know if I necessarily agree with that no but I wonder if that was what they gave her to work with as the fashion designer and that's yeah. why we got kind of these more frivolous like shiny. I mean I don't I, I guess I don't really know what Kim Kardashian was doing in 2016 but maybe that's why the clothing was coming off more as like um gaudy <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know but I thought that was like like that stopped me in my tracks when I read that I because I thought of her more as like um like a Gwyneth Paltrow like a goop yeah yes yeah she's like to me this almost like independently wealthy socialite who mm. maybe sometimes acts or sometimes has other jobs right yeah I don't think they ever say what she really does you know she goes to like a gala or something 
She goes um, to a gal. I think she's either married or divorcing someone who's very rich. And yeah, uh, yeah, she, she likes um leather pants, which that's another thing. She does like leather pants. <laughs> she likes the leather pants. Um, but anyways, I think I'm done ranting about this dress and how much I hate it right now. But I think the movie does love the dress, or Chanel yes. contractually requires them to love the dress because it's on. <laughs> It's on the cover yeah. of one of the DVDs, I think. It's on the poster. Yes. It comes up and it feels like the dress is like thematic to the movie. Um, I don't know if, like, I think I personally, like, I would have loved it if that silver atrocity instead was like a beautiful, like, well-fitting little black dress like yes something that she put because like when she puts it on I think this is my biggest issue is it's supposed to be this moment where she's imagining herself like as this you know glamorous sexy person because my takeaway from the movie I'm sorry I feel like I'm jumping ahead a little bit but my no, takeaway is that it. like she doesn't really feel like super sexy or like nope. you know obviously she's unhappy right now um and she puts on this dress and she kind of transforms so i wish like the dress had just like fit a little bit better that it was maybe a little bit more timeless yeah um, but i guess maybe that's just that's just me that's just my opinion i like this sheer one that you mentioned mm-hmm better as well with the harness and everything that's a much better look yes i think it's more like you know i know it doesn't technically matter but like i think it's more Kristen stewart too Mm. oh for sure yeah and i think it does matter because i mean this movie feels like it was written just for her and i do think yeah i think asias might mention that i watched a bit the the criterion dvd of this movie is actually very disappointing there's not a lot of special features and there is an in-depth interview with him but he does say you know a lot of this movie he wrote for her like he just saw her in in this role after working with her on the clouds of sills maria interesting she was his muse she's often my muse so i get it after this she would enter the kind of um rough period where she was just very very good in bad movies um Mm. like she was in the charlie's angels remake and she was in underwater which isn't bad but it's not great and there was another one she was in oh she's in um that that terrible cronenberg one crimes (laughs) of the future yeah you know she just she was just being very very good in terrible movies but (laughs) (laughs) But then she's she's back. She did Spencer yeah. and she's back. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to the terrible dress. She, she yes. picks out <laughs> she picks out the terrible Chanel dress and she like takes it to Kira's apartment and unpacks everything in the closets and goes home. Mm-hmm. She is watching a lot of videos, YouTube videos on her phone of spiritualism and Hilma of Clint. Mm-hmm. And she also buys a book about Hema off Clint. It looks like one of those, like, is it Tashin or something? Those giant yeah. thick yeah. art books. Yeah. <laughs> she buys one of those and she gets a Skype call from someone named Gary. 
and she ignores it. And you know this movie is pre-COVID because it's Skype and not Zoom. <laughs> but like, <laughs> which I always think is funny because it's I feel like Skype did everything that Zoom does. It's just yeah. that Zoom took over somehow. Yeah. Is Skype even a thing anymore? Hell like, if I even... know. Probably yeah. if you're stuck. I don't know. I think Microsoft has if you're stuck in a Microsoft environment, I imagine like uh, Teams uses Skype technology because it's always <laughs> terrible. Yeah, that makes sense. But she later does get a call from Gary, who is <laughs> her long distance. Lo well, not always long distance, but her boyfriend, he's in Oman. He's some sort of computer securities programmer and he's on yeah. a job there. We're never really quite sure how long they've been together or the the length of this relationship, but like it's a committed relationship. That's pretty yeah. much what we, what we know. I thought it was kind of interesting or maybe not interesting, but I was always kind of confused about, you know, so they're both, it's implied that they're both sort of living away from home. Like she moved to Paris mm. And he moved to Oman and it's never addressed, or at least I don't think it is, where their home is. I thought that was like kind yeah. of funny. That's a really good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she they're just like generically American. <laughs> yeah. They're from like, <laughs> you know, Wisconsin. That would be so funny. <laughs> <laughs> So the we next time we see her, she's wearing a short sleeve polo shirt. Again, very mm -hmm. androgynous or masculine. It has the little alligator like logo on the oh, chest yeah. and everything. And we see this is the first time I noticed it, but she has this tattoo of an eye, a very large eye on her forearm mm. that we'll see a little bit, almost like this. I don't know, third eye or something. Mm. Um, but we learned that she's been in Paris for three months. She's hoping to feel her brother in this house that she's been visiting while she does the personal shopping. So she's on an errand again. I, I really liked these boots with this spiky wooden heel that she tries on. Yeah. Those were fun. Again, like those felt very 2016, like fun, you know, I think it's, it's like kind of indicative of, and actually it's like kind of indicative of like, um, an Alexander, an Alexander McQueen design. And um, mm. he's based out of London, which I think actually maybe they do say, so. oh, she goes to London. That's right. She goes to London later. Yeah. yeah. So um, I really liked, I, I do feel like a lot of the clothing choices at least felt fairly like European. Like even when she's kind of dressing a little bit more casual, it's like cool, chic, Parisian casual. Yes. yes. Yeah, <laughs> like, she has the money to like still afford nice clothes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like when I do casual in the United States, it's, you know, leggings and a t-shirt. Like she's still very cute and put together. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm wearing a Psyduck t-shirt right now. <laughs> so that's my my casual. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny, like you mentioned how she, the character, doesn't feel attractive, but all of the designers are always pressuring her to try on yeah. the clothes. Because she just has the perfect figure seriously yeah these cl this clothing. Yeah. Um and this is the same thing. But she says that Kira gets mad, you know, when she tries tries on the clothes there's supposed to be mm -hmm. this exclusivity to it but yeah the designers 
persuade her to try on these sexy boots mm-hmm. and have her walk up and down in them. And she admires herself in the mirror as she has mm-hmm. them on. And then she has to go to a photo shoot where Kira is late. And again, the photographer asks her to be the stand in, you know, yeah. it's like, you know, and you get the feeling she just wishes she was the famous one. Like, why well, can't right. we photo- photograph you instead? Yeah. And we will eventually see her go to the doctor and she's having her heart checked because turns out she has this congenital heart defect that her twin brother also had. And that mm-hmm. is what killed him. And she is told by the doctor to, quote, avoid intense physical efforts and extreme emotions. Yeah. Oh, God. I'd be dead in a second. Extreme emotions can't. Just like don't live is what he's telling her to do. Like don't live. Exist in this purgatory. Yeah, right. I know. That is like, and it sucks because if you get like a diagnosis like that, I'm sure you're just stressed all the time Mm -hmm. about avoiding those things. So like it's a, you know, snake eating the tail kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And it explains Mm -hmm. a lot with just kind of how, yeah, because she's depressed, but like, Mm she's also in a way comfortable being depressed because it's what's the depression is what's keeping her alive in a sense yeah yeah absolutely so the next time she goes to kira's apartment she will meet ingo who is her kira's creepy affair because she's married but she's having an affair with this creepy german man and um i don't know is this is this the only time we really see him i think it is i think um, it is too he asks her a lot of personal questions almost instantaneously mm-hmm. and gets a lot of information out of her very quickly yeah um which is really disturbing yeah she's very comfortable um telling this person a lot about herself yes we also get the feeling i feel like this is just how these people in this like extreme mm. level of wealth just talk to right. the first time i watched it it didn't i mean it seemed a little uncomfortable for me but like it just also seemed normal within the yeah. way of the world yeah right and you have to wonder too you know she's in um paris by herself i mean she has some acquaintances like with her brother's um girlfriend and things like that and you know she talks to her partner over skype but honestly like i could imagine like if i was living in a place for three months without like really connecting with someone if someone started asking me like personal questions Mm. you know just like rapid fire it off like let's get down to the nitty gritty yeah that's a really good point. Yeah. Cause he, um, he even tells her at one point, like she has a stupid job and you yeah. know, he can get her a different job. Right. And, and she like um, agrees. She's like, yeah, I, I hate this yes. job. <laughs> yeah. They instantly just have this like brutally honest conversation. Yeah. yeah. And even he tells her that like Kira wants to dump him, but she's scared her husband will find out. Mm-hmm. But this is where I think she first really says out loud to someone that, she believes that or her and her brother always believed that whoever died first would send the other one a sign. So she goes back to the house that night Mm -hmm. and they've got these gorgeous, like all these gorgeous bath fixtures and (laughs) um, that are turning on random. So weird shit is happening in the house and Mm -hmm. she is getting more and more frustrated 
with this situation and she's yeah. talking to her brother and she's saying i need more from you yeah and there's this crash and she sees she sketches sometimes and she sees that her art has been scrawled out so she knows that some whatever's in this house is not her brother mm-hmm. and she sees a literal ghost it's yeah this white specter yeah it is like kind of off-putting like it it definitely took me by surprise up until this point it was a very um you know quiet drama kind of more I was not expecting any sort of like actual literal like horror or like a ghost or anything like like Mm -hmm. a literal one like that um yeah very surprising it's like straight out of you know the haunted mansion yeah <laughs> it's really creepy looking it looks like a woman and it mm-hmm. swirls around and it kind of vomits this ectoplasm up yeah. that then dissolves into the air and maureen flees from the house mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the next day she gets a text on her phone i know you mm-hmm. and what follows i was timing this we get about 36 minutes of Kristen Stewart um, either doing something alone wow. or, or or texting. There's very yeah. little interaction with other people during right. this like, entire middle section of the scene. So oh my God. she spends she spends six minutes texting while she's getting on this train to London mm-hmm. and while she's on the train. Mm-hmm. And then she does meet a fashion designer, and this is where she gets the harness. And that sheer dress. Yeah. Also, side note, a big mm-hmm. peeve of mine that I genuinely thought was going to be brought up in this movie was that she keeps leaving full glasses and beverages everywhere she goes. Because I specifically remember <laughs> there's a part in the train station when she's on her way to London where she goes and she buys like a, I think it's like a seltzer and like a glass bottle. And I don't even know if she opens it, but she leaves it on the counter and then gets on the train. And then I think she does it again <laughs> on the train. Notice. Watch it again and count how many times she just leaves beverages all over the place. It is so frustrating. <laughs> She's it's like insane. Abigail Breslin in Signs. You know, the, the, <laughs> the, the, uh, the, the half drunk beverages will yes. end up saving her in the end. <laughs> I was like, this has to come back. It's happening way too many times for them to just ignore it. And it never does. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's just very forgetful, I guess. Yeah, maybe maybe it was supposed to be like a characterization. I do remember her when she's getting on the train to London, she gets a coffee and I feel like she takes like one sip of it and then leaves the cup. Yeah, on the maybe it was. Yeah, I think it was the coffee. Actually, you're right. In like the train station. But then there is like definitely a point where she has like a glass bottle beverage. But yeah, I don't even know if she cracks it open. I think she just leaves it somewhere. It's it's the weirdest thing. Like once you notice it. I did want her to at least throw the coffee cup in the trash. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very disrespectful. Maybe that's just how they do yes. it in Europe. Yeah. Maybe I maybe it did, maybe it is everything always looks so clean. They probably have a employee. They pay people to do that. <laughs> yeah, just like clean not, up. Yeah, clean up after Kristen wallow Stewart. Wallow in garbage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So she gets the sexy dress and then mm-hmm. there's another 10 minutes of, of texting. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a interesting exchange in this part where the texter asks, do you want to be someone else? Mm. And asks her about putting on Kira's clothing. And she at one point admits that um, there's no desire if it's not forbidden. And the forbidden mm. nature of it is what makes it appealing to her. Mm-hmm. And so she goes back to Kira's apartment where Kira's away at Milan Fashion Week. And so Maureen drinks a bunch of vodka and looks at photos of Kira on the computer. Yep. And then she puts on the the harness and the sheer dress. Mm-hmm. And she lays on the bed and she masturbates. Yep. She has a great time. And it's like the greatest sex scene in any movie. And like, it's just <laughs> Kristen Stewart by herself. Like, but it's it so is. hot and erotic. Yeah. Like, uh, I think the best part too is she just like passes out after, and you know, it's like the best night's sleep. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. She's gotten to live this fantasy, but yeah. I love how. The fantasy is just almost like, yeah, it's being with her. It's being happy and pleasuring herself. Like, I really like that aspect of it. She's able to kind of get away from all of the shit that is weighing her down. Yeah, yeah. That's a very good point. And so we, the next morning, she's back on her scooter. As she said, she scoots through the streets of Paris a lot. Yep. Irma Vep, the show, is also lots of scooting through Paris. That's fun. I do love a good scooter. Very fun, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we get another, like, 20 minutes of just Kristen Stewart and barely interacting with other people. Yeah. The movie is almost like a one-woman show for this really is. Yeah. She, She ends up getting a hotel key and address in her mailbox and um before she goes to the hotel she talks to the girlfriend who at this point in my notes i finally name i don't know if i just realized what her name was but her name is laura yeah i know it takes a long time or at least it took me a long time to fully i had assumed but it isn't until much later in the movie where you definitively find out that laura was dating her brother um the relationships are hard to determine yeah yeah again like you know we kind of mentioned it at the top like that's a part of the movie that's really great though is that they do not explain things like they could have you know when Kristen stewart sees laura just like instantly be like you know oh thank you for dating my brother like you know like how are you doing since he died yeah Yeah. right right yeah like now that you're single because you were dating Mm -hmm. him but they don't do that so it's kind of nice it's nice i think it's very i don't know if it is european but i feel Mm. like it is more common in a european movie where they trust the audience and they don't need to just literally explain to us everything that is happening on the screen yeah yeah so Laura introduces Maureen to this TV movie that was made about Victor Hugo and a seance. Yeah. And we get this whole movie within a movie sequence where she watches yep. this on YouTube and it's very cute. <laughs> yeah. It's a like very goofy, goofy little movie. Yes. Very PBS. 
And Asias loves films within films. He does this mm. in Clouds of Sils Maria. Chloe Grace Moretz's character is in like an X-Men type movie and they show oh. scenes from that in the movie. Yeah. And then the Irma Vep show is all about them making a limited series about Irma Vep, which was a 20s silent film. Right. Um, and the words Irma Vep are an anagram for vampire. Mm -hmm. And one thing that the film in the 90s doesn't do that the show does, because the show has like eight hours, is they show you the show that they're oh. filming. Yeah. So they show you kind of like the actors doing it. So he loves like things within things within things. Yeah, yeah. But this is very cute. And we get the whole like knock once for yes, twice for no, mm -hmm. that will come up later in the movie. Um, so when she gets back home, she does try on your favorite dress. And so when she puts on the dress, the way mm -hmm. the light reflects off of the paillettes looks like the way this film depicts ghosts. So it creates oh. this like spectral look around her they yeah. could have obviously a better fitting dress to yeah. do this with right but i think that's why the highly reflective material is chosen mm -hmm. for this outfit interesting yeah if they had made the paillettes cover more of the dress not be square not look like uh, a potato sack and mm -hmm. have actual cute beads in the middle I would probably like it more. So, um, you know, I really wish they had consulted with me first. And, yeah. you know, we could have worked on it. Because I do. I like that um, it does serve a purpose then. The the silhouette, as you said, is very bulky. Yeah. Or something like this. Right, right. Yeah. It just I hangs there. So with this dress on, Maureen goes to this hotel room, this mystery room with this mystery key, and there's nothing there. Mm -hmm. You know, so she's just at the hotel. She tries to figure out who uh, reserved the hotel room, mm -hmm. but it's reserved under her name. And it's just a very, <laughs> I love the interaction she has with the clerk. You know, yeah. he tells her who it is, and she's like, that's me. And <laughs> the way he got look like of course it is you know, yeah. like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um yeah so there's a lot of weird shit that's starting to happen she mm -hmm. uh goes to cartier and she gets all these very expensive jewels yeah and i do like there's at least one scene in this movie where she has to with a blank check from kira put down a deposit Mm, and yeah. I think that's funny because it's like, okay, the celebrities, yes, they lend them these jewels and stuff, but they are on the hook if they fuck it up, you know, right? And stuff. Yeah, exactly. And I do think it's a little funny that Cartier would allow this expensive jewelry to just be, you know, carded. I mean, I guess it's better than shipping, but like just having her cart it on a public train, like. <laughs> yeah just like Pretty in a bag wild. yeah and then it's so funny because i don't know if you were going to mention it but like the way that she has to ride the scooter when she has all of these like bags of things like she's like holding the scooter with one hand and like trying to like hold the bags with the it's it's very comical to me yeah she looks like a cartoon character with all the bags kind of like fanned out like yes like peacock feathers on her <laughs> yeah. side yes 
So she takes those back to Kira's mm-hmm. where, surprise, she finds Kira stabbed to death. It's like brutal. There's a lot of blood. It's gross. Oh, it's so gross. There's bloody handprints on the wall. Mm-hmm. And Maureen then starts to hear noises and see this flickering mm-hmm. at the end of the hallway. And so she flees the scene. Yeah. And so she ends up going to the police eventually, but the detective is very aggressive. Very aggressive French detective. Yeah. And, well, obviously she does look suspicious because she fled the scene, but he he also asks what she does and he doesn't understand her job at all. Yeah. Well, and like also she, it's funny because when the scene ends when she drives away on her scooter after finding her, it kind of seems like she fled like completely like she's not Mm. gonna do anything but then i think it cuts immediately to her like at the police department or something Mm -hmm. so she does like only flee for like 20 minutes and she even explains it to them like i just kind of freaked out and like yeah i don't blame her i would i don't know what i would do and it does suck because usually the first person on the scene is the person who is like most questioned yep no. Yeah, and also she can't tell them, oh, and I also saw a ghost right after right. that happened. Yeah. Know, like- <laughs> yeah. I do think it was a ghost. So she also gets um, a message saying, did you tell the cops about my texts? Mm-hmm. So she's getting more creepy texts. Um, but she then, when she closes the laptop, she finds the Cartier bags in her apartment. Mm -hmm. So someone appears to be trying to frame her for this murder. And she's had her phone off for a while. So she turns it back on. This scene always scares the shit out of me. It's really (laughs) intense. Yeah. She's had the phone off. So the texts are coming through one by one. And they're from someone who's just texting her that they're getting closer. I'm coming up the stairs. I'm right outside. Yes. (gasps) And I like that, like, there's, like, they make the point to, like, show the timestamps. So it's, like, you can see it was, like, you know, 10 minutes ago. Where are you? Like, you know, eight minutes ago. I'm outside your building. Like, three minutes ago. It's, and it's, you know, it's a movie where you literally see a ghost and that is not the scariest part. This is the scariest part. Like I would. Oh, it's so scary. Shit my pants instantly. Yes. If this happened to me. Yes. <laughs> yes. I know you talk about it, especially since she's not supposed to have any sort of extreme emotions. It's like, mm-hmm. Oh my God. Oh my God. I didn't even think of that when I watched it. Yeah. Like I would just instantly, I would die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the whoever is sending these texts leaves her this another hotel key but mm-hmm. it's to a different room room 329 so she goes first thing she does is she puts a new sim card in her phone mm-hmm. and then she goes to the hotel and since i've seen this movie a few times this part of the movie is very oblique and i'm not really sure what happens so i always pay attention to mm. it but we don't, I will say at this point, we don't see the room number of the room that she goes into. Um, like we're assuming it's 329. There's a lot of odd things that happen here. So she goes in. Um, we see her in the room. We hear like the door open while she's in the room. She turns towards the camera. And then the camera pans down the hall. 
Mm, and then we yeah. see in the lobby the elevator doors open. No one comes mm. out. Yeah. But then the sliding doors of the hotel open as if someone's leaving. But right. we don't see anybody. Yeah. Yeah, I I can't tell you what I make of the scene. Um yeah. it's very up for interpretation. The first time I watched the movie, I thought P killed her. And this was her spirit yeah. like, leaving the hotel. Right. But, I mean, I can't really but, remember what I thought when I watched it for the first time, but um, like that would make sense to me. Right. Because the next thing we see is him leaving. Mm-hmm. He's leaving the same room, Ooh. the 329 room. And we get the exact same shot. Yeah. But now he's in the he's the figure Ingo Mm -hmm. and he goes out the front door and the cops arrest him. There's a little bit of a shootout and they arrest him. But even while, while he's outside with the police, the hotel doors are like opening and shutting. And like no one's there. Right. Yeah. It's just a faulty door. That's what it means. It's a shit. I literally wonder, it's like, is that the thing? Yeah. Are we, are we as the viewer are we putting in this being put in this place as the viewer where we see ghosts where there are none yeah is that the thing i don't know right that is really funny to think about and i kind of hope that that was the intention (laughs) it would be really funny because again like people people who i i I, there's been a few people in my life who i mm, I, I, <laughs> I want to be kind because I know yes. that they have lots of struggles and that their way of processing it is to believe in ghosts. Yes. And this is not to say ghosts do or do not exist. I'm kind of agnostic on ghosts. I've never had yeah. a personal ghosty experience. Same. So yeah. I have, do not, you know, really believe in them, but anything is possible. But right. I once worked with someone who just anything that happened was mm-hmm. like supernatural yes and it was like living in in the victorian ages it's like ma'am like we do understand physics and yes like science these days and right once, once she my office was in the basement near the bathroom and she came down the stairs and the toilet like burbled no one's <laughs> in the bathroom yeah and she's like oh yeah right and she she thought it was the ghost she thought Mm. the building was haunted by a ghost and i said it does that all the time right and she said well i didn't know that yeah as if like (laughs) as if as if i mean the first reaction should be in this 110 year old building that there's faulty plumbing not that there's a ghost exactly Yeah, even when, I mean, it's so difficult because even when, you know, people who believe in ghosts get something that they think is strong evidence, you know, they can, it it really is just, I don't know that, like, we as a society will ever be certain if ghosts are real or not, because Mm -hmm. even when they find something that they say is strong evidence, you could you know counter it and you know kind of like you said you know 
some people's first reaction in a hundred year old building is it's a ghost and some people's are going to be it's old creaky floors and um yeah but i mean yeah some people really do i mean they just look for ghosts and hauntings and everything and that's great for them but uh yeah for me i was like if if there is an afterlife please do not let it mean that i'm confined to speaking (sighs) with people through a toilet oh my god right (laughs) seriously well and it's funny because i don't know if i I love toilets i love bathrooms yeah yeah (laughs) i love the the plumbing system i have an agreement with someone that i know that if one of us dies first we'll try to give each other a sign so um personal shopper too exactly so if they pass away i'll let you know i'll let you know if i uh if i get anything from them have you and you can't say it but Mm -hmm. this is a yes or no question have you decided what the sign will be Ooh, no but actually that reminds me quick side note i know i i don't know if i've talked about it on the podcast but i know i've talked to you about it i even though i do not believe in ghosts ghost adventures is like my favorite tv show of all time because it's so ridiculous and over the top and stupid and insane and i was just watching an episode a couple weeks ago and the host zach baggins this is where it crosses the line for me is i don't like watching the episodes where it's their ghost hunting and like people's personal homes like looking for their relatives like I feel very uncomfortable with that but I was watching this episode and it was he was at like this woman's house and her mother had just passed away and they're doing um I think it, it was like an EVP session so the one where they record stuff and um it came up on the recording that you know the spirit quote unquote said the code word that i guess this woman had and her mother and it was like some random it was like like let's just say like rosebud or something but my favorite part of the whole thing is so like he's playing this recording this recording says the word the woman starts like crying and saying you know oh my god that was our code word and zach baggins love him to death just goes that's it (laughs) like what a dickhead <laughs> like sorry she didn't recite the first you know page of romeo and juliet for you <laughs> yeah what was he expecting oh it was so good so yes i do not have a code word right now um or an idea of what i'll do but i'll think of one think of something so words, mm-hmm. i feel like how are you gonna know you know That's it's true. the sign yeah yeah because that was actually back to the movie something i was thinking of when i was watching this movie is did they have something set upon mm. Mm. which i don't think they did that would have solved a lot of the problems in this movie if they did it really would have yeah yeah you talking about this show reminded me kristen stewart is executive producing a ghost hunter show that premieres uh it may have already premiered by the time we uh, release this episode on Hulu. I, I am so excited. I did see that. I'm because I think it's being marketed as being like very gay too. Yep. They I, yeah. all the articles are Kristen Stewart's queer ghost hunting show. Oh, so excited. So I I'm very excited for that. So maybe I'll get a Hulu just to watch it. Oh, is it on Hulu? Oh, I'll have to too. Yeah, it's on Hulu. Oh, dang it. Okay, I think I can find someone's login. 
I used to do Hulu when they would, because they would let you do it on like Black Friday for 99 cents a month mm. for a year. But yeah. They didn't do it last year. So year without oh. Hulu for me. Yeah. I used to have <laughs> Hulu and Spotify used to be conjoined. And uh, oh. I was grandfathered in for a really long time, but I fairly recently, finally, I think they found me at the bottom of the list. I was like, oh. we need to get this bitch off. And I was like, they're cleaning house. They're, they're like, cleaning out before the Kristen Stewart. Yes. They're like, <laughs> they oh, we got to get her to pay for this. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, we, we've seen her viewing history. She will. And I'm like, <laughs> she'll damn pay it. A full price. She'll pay full price for this. Get her <laughs> off the discount. I <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny they probably do have that like algorithm yeah. for people <laughs> seriously so in the movie we realized that she didn't die mm-hmm. um because she is telling laura kind of what happened again in her very detached way yes. um but she has to avoid extreme emotions or she'll die you know so it kind of is like baked mm. into the movie why she's this way but yeah. um laura does mention that she's going to she's been dating again mm-hmm. she's time for her to move on from lewis and we meet the new boyfriend or i couldn't tell if his name was irving or Irwin, but i think it was irving <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and he says that he's convinced that the soul wanders around before leaving this world and that the dead watches over the living and you know he tells her all these things and she's in this kind of like i feel like she's just kind of given up state because she at one point suggests that this is just his way of trying to get over his own guilt of dating his ex-girlfriend and stuff like that yeah 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 it's a very interesting conversation that they have and like this is such a strange movie i really 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 liked it um but it's such a strange movie because he has all of these really poignant beautiful things to say about death and life after death and you know acceptance but he's like this random character who's introduced 10 minutes before the end of the movie. Um, it's like really bizarre. And I love it so much. Yeah, these all these characters are so just bluntly honest with each yeah, other. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's like no buildup. Like I could not imagine meeting someone for the first time and having a conversation like this. But it feels... Like I, I don't, I can't say it feels natural because it doesn't, but it just, it feels right for this movie. It feels right. That's a good word, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe people, maybe if you saw someone who looked like Kristen Stewart, you would just start opening up as well. That is a very good point. I probably would. I could see mm-hmm. myself when I become a big name in fashion, and I get sat next to her at a Chanel fashion show, even though they find this episode and they realize how much i hate them um, <laughs> then you're, you're off that list too <laughs> i'm off that list too mm. i'm just cutting cutting ties this mm-hmm. whole episode but if i get seated next to her i will have a very open heart to heart about why she shouldn't start you know keep working with chanel oh i love that yeah it's gonna transform you both <laughs> <laughs> So then we get in this movie to me another scene that is like this scene is it does something to me and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's fear, if it's mm. I don't know. There's so many emotions baked in. 
So the guy leaves, Ir- Irwing, Irwing, <laughs> um, <laughs> he leaves, and the camera sits opposite Maureen while she's drinking her tea or whatever she's having. And behind her, you see a male figure mm-hmm. in the window who we assume is Lewis. He, it looks, I mean, he doesn't, he just glides across in the background behind her. And then as he passes, he's holding a cup. And as he passes behind her head, then it's just the cup and the cup floats across the kitchen and then shatters. Yeah. Yeah. And she runs in to clean up the glass and Laura's like, what happened? How'd this glass fall? And you know, they, they clean it up together, but Maureen decides she's, she is, she's gonna, she's like, I can't do this anymore. She's going to leave Paris behind. Mm-hmm. And she goes to, oh man, oh my. <laughs> and, and uh, it's like, I, I love So they filmed this movie like on location and mm. I love that they flew to Oman to film like, you know, I don't know, five minutes of right. Yeah. <laughs> Kristen Stewart walking up these exterior stairs past a donkey. For unrelated reasons, I was watching The Exorcist. And, <laughs> but it was like kind of funny, like how I, you know, The Exorcist starts with that iconic scene of them in the desert, you know. That's right. It, I always forget that. Exactly. Like, because it feels so detached from it. And it's like, this is almost the reverse of that. Like, she goes to Oman and it's this like sunny desert warm toned like experience white yeah yes and it it's it's so jarring the difference and I don't know if it was intentional obviously I just happened to be watching The Exorcist pretty soon after this movie (laughs) um it wasn't intentional to watch them that close to each other but it it feels like there's some sort of parallel there that's true. There are, and I, I read, every time I watch this movie, I go mm-hmm. and I read people's different interpretations of the ending in the movie. Mm. You know, and there are some people who believe that Maureen may have been possessed for a while mm. when she sees that female spirit and that that is what compelled her to do these reckless things like go to the hotel when, you know, it's clearly a murderer, you know, who's like yeah. telling her to come to the hotel. Huh. Um, I don't, I don't know if I buy that. Cause I just, I feel like she is in such a depressive state. You know, it just, it makes yeah. sense to me without the supernatural explanation that she would do that. Right. And I sort of, I, I haven't thought about this well enough to really have like a fleshed out opinion, but I actually, when I saw the ghost, I thought it was implied that Lewis passed away because of this ghost. Like this ghost was the one that triggered his heart condition. <gasps> yeah. Oh. And so. Oh, yeah. Cause I we was... never, I just, we never know. We don't know how he died other than the heart condition. Yeah. Like, we don't know where he was or. Right. So like, I kind of imagine that he died from that. And that sets off a lot of the events where she, again, like I haven't really, like, I don't know if you have like an opinion on it now, but like, you know, now that she knows that it was sort of his ability to be a medium that ended him, it's sort of this like war that she's trying to like, Mm. you know, she's trying to figure out like what good is her 
ability to be a medium actually for. That's a really good point that I hadn't thought of. Yeah, I agree. Mm. And it, it helps with this whole idea of this inner conflict of her character where she just mm. doesn't know her whole identity in the movie is just trying to hear from her brother. You know, she doesn't right. have her own personality. She's so intertwined with this, uh, you know, quest to like resolve his death in some way that right. she's lost herself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in the movie's final scene, we see that it's not that easy for her to get away because even in Oman, oh man, she, oh, oh man, she goes into this room and she sees th- the floating glass, mm-hmm. which shatters. And so she decides to try to communicate with him through this series of questions and knocks. And I think she asks him at one point if he's at peace mm. and he says no and she says is it him or is it her or something like that yeah and then there's some knocks she goes is it me and there's one knock for yes and then the movie ends yeah it's kind of a confusing um conversation if you want to call it that um and she mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think part of it is that like she does not ask questions that I think most people would like it's it's very mm-hmm. again like just fitting with the movie like just kind of bizarre um yeah I don't know it's 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 a bizarre ending again very good um but very ambiguous yeah, and yeah, there's no, I don't know. If you want to know, if you're listening, Google ending a personal shopper. <laughs> yeah. There's so many opinions and all of them have different, you know, validities to them and none of them quite make sense, but mm-hmm. I think that's purposeful. And whatever it is for this movie, it just works. I'm still, even though I have no idea what happened, I'm still wholly satisfied with this as a work of art. And yes. I love it. I love this movie. Yeah. Again, like this is a movie that I think will be really, really fun to rewatch, to pick up on little things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really fun one to talk about. And, um, you know, I think, and God, I say it like almost every other episode. It's just one of those movies that I never would have watched if it wasn't for <laughs> recording this. And I'm so yeah. glad It's, it's so I'm interesting so and it's such a good I don't know if you described it in the recording yet but I know you mentioned it to me earlier it's like such a mood movie like oh yes you know we can sit here and talk about the plot but it's more than the plot it's the setting especially the tone it's all just like I think my letter box review I said something about how like this is my new autumnal movie like fuck when harry met sally like this is it like this is <laughs> this is my yes. new harry meets sally like it's just like kind of creepy but like if you have a friend who doesn't like horror movies like i think they would still like it like it's gonna frustrate yes. people but it's just and it's it's like four different genres in one it's like a horror movie it's like a thriller a drama mm-hmm. but just really it's very engaging for me yeah it just captures this 
and I guess I, you mentioning it being an autumn movie is so fitting to mm. this feeling of autumn, this kind of lingering feeling of loss and yeah. almost like a melancholy that is in the air is so appropriate. And it really does grab that. Right. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a very sad, cause I was going to mention this earlier with the scene where she's sort of sitting in the garden and you see her presumed brother behind her with the mug that is like one of the saddest scenes to me because you know it's like this feeling of being so close and yet not being able mm. to see what you've been looking for yeah and it's like heartbreaking that at the end she's just like whoopsie daisy you know he must have bumped into the counter and knocked the, the cup over like yeah ooh, it like hurts <laughs> yeah it's really the, there's a lot of di this movie like rips my soul out but yeah i like that feeling <laughs> <laughs> and 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 asias the few films i've seen of his are like that my my letterbox mm. review for irma vep the movie yeah is just one word it just says mood <laughs> yeah just moody it like irma vep just exudes cool and then this mm. movie just like exudes yeah heartbreak and yeah. loneliness yeah yeah well on that happy note we will <laughs> take a brief break and then we'll return with our gothic roundup and we'll decide is it gothic all right ghosties we're back with our gothic roundup all gothic films have four elements a girl a guy a house and a haunt so I'm going to pitch something to you okay. for this because I am not sure if this movie has a guy mm. in it. I'm going to pitch that Maureen is the girl and the guy. Oh, I like that. <laughs> because if I were to pick a guy, it would probably be Lewis mm -hmm. because he's kind of the catalyst of you know why this happens but it's not like he actively wants <laughs> like these right. actions to happen so that's a really good take of having her fill both roles in my notes i had in right until before i we started our zoom call your <laughs> guy i had lewis question mark mm. and then i had this I w it's like a shower thought but i wasn't in the shower yeah like i <laughs> just had this thought like oh and no it's her because she is so they're twins so she has yeah. this masculinity and femininity she dresses so masculine throughout the movie mm. and and like you said it's it's her grief that is pulling her into this situation you know so many of the all the gothic films we talk about yes the girl has agency but she's she's drawn in or seduced or lured in some way but this is all maureen it's all yeah her. Right. That's a really, really good point. Is this the first time that we've ever done something like this? I think it might be. I think so. Yeah. I think so. It's And it's one of the few movies I've seen that is like this, you know, where yeah. she is, she is her own worst enemy in a sense, like right. the whole, all the murder, all that stuff, like it only is able to happen because she's so lost, mm. you know, like, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That is really interesting and a very, very good point. And I agree. I think she does fill both roles. I like what you said, too, about the whole, like, 
she dresses mostly masculine she has these feminine aspects and you know it's like she's like a very like split character mm-hmm. and uh yeah i mean i wish i had thought of that earlier <laughs> <laughs> it just came to me yeah. out of the blue yeah like a ghost yeah yes yeah you were possessed well i'm wondering now and i just thought of this too like have we done because we had house of yes where they were twins completely mm. different relationship but mm-hmm. um is there something gothic you know there's something creepy about twins but so i don't know if it's necessarily gothic but i feel like Maybe yeah. not quite bonus gothic, but like, you know, we're on gothic watch for twins. Yes. You know, like, <laughs> I want to yeah. be on the lookout for creepy twins going forward. I agree. Yeah. No, there is something, <laughs> you know, I'm good friends with one half of a set of twins, but there is something deeply unsettling about twins. There <laughs> really is. Like, because I, you know, we don't have to get into it too much, but like I 100%, as much as I'm not like, I don't believe in ghosts or, you know, that sort of stuff. I 100% believe that twins have, like, telepathy. Like, Mm, there is mm -hmm. something about them that they are so connected. I mean, it probably, you know, you could say it probably has to do with their upbringing and things like that. But, like, they are so intrinsically connected. And, I mean, you see it with this movie. I mean, they are connected. I mean, they... I don't know how common it is to have the same exact, you know, disease as your twin. It might be a lot more common than I realize, but I mean, they're just like two halves of a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just, I don't, I'm a, I, one reason I like this movie is because I'm just like a very lonely person in general, mm. not like in a sad way, but just like, yeah. That's just like been my life. I'm an only child, mm. you know, like, you know, both of my parents have passed away. You know, I'm just kind of like a solitary person. And so right. I like that this movie kind of captures that. But yeah. it, but this movie is completely different because it's capturing it with a person who is not used to that solitary lifestyle. You know, right. someone who has been so linked in a way that I can't even fathom and mm-hmm. has lost that, you know. Yes. And, and I kind of forget that too when I watch the movie. She hasn't been lonely and alone her whole life like this is a relatively recent occurrence for her yeah and it is implied i think that they were very close so Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah i mean it's like she's trying to grapple with losing this person who's so much of who she is i can't imagine how tough that is yeah oh oh devastating yeah um we also do have a house in this mm-hmm. film. Um, I, I I wanted to find out. I, I'm assuming this was a real house. It just looks like a yeah. real house. Doesn't look like a set, but I couldn't mm-hmm. find it. But um, it's a it's a great gothic house. Great gothic house. I mean, I wish there was more of it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I kind of mentioned it. Like this movie has very like distinct sort of genres, like almost shifts. And you know, mm-hmm. the house is definitely the more spooky creepy ooky ooky you know parts of the movie um great super gothic you know it's like there's this like great part where it's like the double doors that lead out onto the deck and they're glass but they're like dirty so like all of the light isn't getting through it's fantastic you know quintessential spooky gothic house 
it's got a gate yeah it's got a creaky gate and it's got a, creaky gate. It's got a, a ghost and like a dead mountain person. path and yeah. a ghost it's, like, yeah. it has a ghost in it right we have we haven't had a literal ghost in a movie in a while i feel like and this one's yeah. got an actual ghost a literal ghost well and i i guess too like i don't know how much you could really compare and contrast the two but the other one place that i think a lot of the action takes place in is the apartment of kira and that's very mm-hmm. modern stylish fancy mm. you know it also has a lot of windows but the windows are clean so there's like a lot of natural light um so that's the only other like aspect i would throw into our you know house section it also though the kira apartment is where we have that kind of weirdly long hallway with the flickering light mm, at the end of it and that's right you know, it does have all these little rooms in it yeah even right. though she's what i mean they're renting this for like a, i feel like a month you know or something yeah, like that exactly. you know, they, <laughs> she's yeah, made of so much money and i think too isn't there like I think it's like maybe it's her bedroom and it was just like a different angle but I don't think it was it's like a study at one point you see and it's like kind of weird because maybe I'm remembering it wrong but I feel like it looks like a traditional study with like wooden Mm -hmm. bookcases and I don't know why I'm remembering like a wooden elephant or something like it's kind of like vintage looking (laughs) Uh, yeah and it's hard to tell if that because kira does she's doing some sort of like gorilla charity or something yeah. that, <laughs> maybe that's where, like so, my memory is getting mixed up yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like yeah did she decorate this maybe it is her maybe she has a paris apartment you yeah. know that they just stay sometimes mm-hmm. um because you get the feeling they kind of jet set a lot but yeah um yeah yeah her apartment is is creepy in a modern way yes yeah because it, it's never you know, I mentioned that there's windows with natural light, but it never really seems that bright of an apartment. It does seem kind of dark and dour. Yeah, she seems, Kira seems like a person that doesn't turn on lights. She turns yeah. on like one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Me too. I like a dim, <laughs> yeah. a dim lighting. Um, well, anything else to add for our gothic roundup? Oh, well, We've we did do a- Haunt oh yeah we've got our ghost we've got yeah, a ghost we do have a ghost we do have we a ghost Ghost, yeah we see two yeah. ghosts yes yeah yeah and like kind of an implied third one coming out of the hotel yeah there's that one and also you know there's some a lot of the speculation when i read about the ending is that some people believe that the ghost she's talking to at the end is not her brother but a different ghost um I don't know if I believe that, but, um, you know, we, we do never see yeah, the, what the ghost is or who that she's speaking to. And, oh man. Yeah. Oh man. I like the idea of a medium, just like never knowing who they're talking to. Like they right. could be having a conversation with like Sylvia Plath and they would have no idea. Like, I kind of love that. <laughs> you said, you said Sylvia Plath, who is a poet who I know, yeah. but I saw in my head sylvia brown who was that psychic that was on the montel williams show all the time is she still alive or did she die no she died so you could be talking oh, to you sylvia could be Platt talking or to... sylvia brown <laughs> really two great 
poets of our day. Too great. <laughs> Sylvia Brown always had those very long nails. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, you know, just smelled like nicotine and cigarettes. <laughs> like, smelled like, yeah. Just, yes. Newports. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, what do you think then? Is this movie gothic? I mean, maybe technically goth-ish. I don't know. What do you think? Because I'm I'm gonna go with goth-ish too. Because yeah, if, like you said, if we got more, if it was more of a haunted house movie, mm -hmm. if she spent more time in the house, I would be more apt to call it gothic. Yeah, but I think it just it heavily draws on gothic elements, but then yes. becomes something else entirely that's a really good point like all of the aspects of you know technology and you know um she's jet setting around and stuff like that you know so it's i would imagine it's heavily inspired by gothic elements but yeah it makes right. its own wonderful little movie it's a wonderful movie yeah. goth-ish but I think a modern masterpiece mm -hmm. of cinema. And if anyone is listening to this and thinks that Kristen Stewart is, if you are existing in 2023, thinking <laughs> Kristen Stewart is not a good actor. Yeah. Like, watch this. And, and you've somehow gotten this far in the podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wake the fuck up one to watch this movie because mm -hmm. she, I mean, again, there's like 45 minutes of this movie where it's literally just her. Occasionally she interacts with, someone who is like a French extra yeah. and like she carries this movie she and does. it's not an, this is not an easy role. This is such mm -mm. a tough role. Yeah. So she really owns it just like physically, emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. And it's nice. It's like still pretty subtle. It's a really great performance and a really great movie. Great movie. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Amanda. And thank you, Ghosties, for listening to us break down Personal Shopper. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Sometimes we put a little Spotify poll up that you can mm -hmm. respond to. And maybe we'll post again on Instagram someday. Who knows? But <laughs> subscribe to us. We have new episodes on the first and third Thursday of every month. And we're getting with this one was spooky. This one is spooky. This one's unexpectedly spooky. It is. So it is. We're doing some spooky stuff for, you know, this time of year. So mm -hmm. um, hope y'all enjoy it. But until next time, stay ghosty. Bye bye. Bye.